So is buy now, pay later a smart financial move or a credit trap? These services have gained popularity among consumers, particularly among younger generations. Also, 38% of BNPL users say that these services will eventually replace their credit cards. So is this a new trendy smart way of financing? Well, you want to stick around to find out more. Welcome to another episode of the Dapper Dollars Podcast, where we answer your finance questions, but a bit with style. I'm in Irvine, and we also have George, and we're your host for the show. So George, what will our listeners learn from this episode? Well, in today's episode, we're diving into the hot topic that has been gaining traction in the world of personal finance and online shopping, the buy now, pay later trend. So with BNPL services becoming increasingly popular among consumers and merchants alike, it is important to understand the pros and cons, as well as the potential impact on our financial well-being. So before we introduce our guest for today, we want to encourage you to like this video, subscribe to this channel that would help the algorithm boost our channel to viewers just like yourself. So Anya Ben, who do we have on the show for today? Today, we have two guests for the show. One is a returning guest from season one. Paul Adamson is a finance manager and a site controller for Amazon, and he's the co-president of one of the biggest affinity groups, the Black Employee Network, also known as BED. Paul is a graduate of the Morehouse College with a degree in accounting. He is a former investment banker that has worked on using debt effectively to purchase companies. He has helped his family members eliminate over 100K in debt in a year and grew the average credit score of his family members over 150 points. And we also have Dr. King McCray. He is a former college basketball player who has turned into a business pioneer. He has successfully owned and operated a private financial advisory and marketing firm and managed over $450 million in assets for corporations and small business owners for nearly 15 years. Dr. McCray has represented businesses, artists, designers, musicians, athletes, and other hardworking Americans. He's a man of giving back and enjoys teaching youth workshops on achieving financial freedom for misguided youth. Welcome, guys. Happy to be here again. Happy to be here. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you. All right. So as you know, we always start our episodes with a fun icebreaker. So before we get into the questions, we want to ask both of you, what's that one financial advice that you received that has changed your life? We'll start with you, Dr. McCray. Oh, man, that's a great one. <laughs> so the, the one financial piece of advice that has changed my life is to always appreciate every dollar, right? Always appreciate every dollar for what it's worth and what it can do for you. And we can go in depth about that all day, every day, but take that for what it is. Always appreciate every dollar and what it can do for you. I like that. I like that one as well, man. Mine's is uh, money is a tool, i.e. it's a means to the end and it's not the end. So you use money to get you to where you want to go and money shouldn't be where you want to end up at, right? That's cool. I see both similarities in those answers. Like, Dr. McCray, you said every dollar counts. And going to your comment, Paul, saying money is a tool. If you combine it together, it seems like you're applying kind of like the importance of money, but also don't let that consume you to be like the end all be all. I like it. And, and I think it so speaks to the messaging of what we have here, where like, you know, again, the importance of your money habit. So how you see money, how you manage money kind of plays the long run effect. So. Makes sense. I appreciate that. So, Cole, so we'll kind of go into um, the meat of things. So, um, 
Paul, I'll kick off with you. So BNPL, Binance Pay Data has been just exploding. So my question would be, uh, does it kind of lead to a false sense of affordability? How does it really affect behaviors and like actually affect debt management? That's a great question. I would say false affordability isn't probably what I would say. It's increased access, right? So when you have increased access, you have more exposure. And when people are not educated enough or well-versed enough, when you expose them to something, even too much of a good thing could become a bad thing. Just like in season one, when we talked about leverage, right? So too much access, like we have with the information that we have on the internet, could be a bad thing. It's the same thing with, with these buy now and pay later products. And I would say it's a re-explosion. So if you think about how it worked in the brick and mortar space with like uh, errands or rent a center, these have been pillars in like communities who didn't necessarily have access to department stores or was able to have access to department store credit. So these became avenues for people to obtain those things, right? So to answer that, I would say, is it false affordability? Somewhat, but it's more so of people not being responsible with the new levels of access that have been provided to them. And if you do too much of it, you can put yourself in a bad position if you are not in control of the way that you handle it. I'm getting the sense that from season one, it goes back to what you were saying. Always have that plan before you're getting yourself into that. What about your thoughts, uh, Dr. McCray? No, I think Paul is spot on, to be honest with you. Um, when we really think about whether it's a false sense of affordability or is, is this going to be the new wave of the future, right? We have to go back and think about the mindset of individuals when it comes to money. Going back to the first piece of advice that I got about money. Think about the dollar that you have and how it's working for you, right? Think about that dollar and making sure that it's, it's, it's stretching as far as it can and we're not working for the money, right? The money's working for us. Well, that's the same way that we have to look at the, the buy now, pay later space. We have to think about our behavioral mindsets and what we use our dollars for and how we use it because we can get in trouble by thinking, I have the affordability in my mind, right? I know that I have money in my account. And I'm going to use this opportunity to say, oh, I don't mind. I'm going to take this $27 out every two weeks. But what happens when that $27 becomes $40 and it becomes $50 or it becomes $100 or $500 because you've done it over and over again? So it's not necessarily a false sense of affordability. It's our own broken mindset on how we utilize our dollars, how we let our dollars work us. Do you mind going more in deep into that? Yeah, because... It kind of goes well into our next question about that. Like, how do you feel like this will impact our consumers with this attitude on taking on debt? And then, like you said, it just kind of snowballs into, hey, I have this mindset already that I'm putting out set $27 making the payment, but then it gets to bigger, bigger. How does that affect somebody's consumer's habits? I believe it affects the habits all based upon how the individual utilizes their money and utilizes the opportunity. Honestly, I think buy now, pay later was a great option. It is a great option for the right people. If you have the affordability, if you still have a budget, I, I, I use the word budget loosely because I actually call it a personal spending plan. Most people don't follow a budget, but we'll follow a personal spending plan because we know it's our money and we're keeping more hands on it, right? Um, but when we, when we think about the attitudes and debt management and how we want to use those strategies of making sure that we're where we need to be, you still got to follow that personal spending plan. If it's in the budget or in the plan, then yes, you can do it. If you know that you have discretionary income or you have room in your budget to say, I can 
buy this shirt, right, for $24 every two weeks for four payments at no interest. I'm cool with that. Instead of putting it on a credit card, knowing I'm a slow pay it at $15 a month with a 17, 19, 21% interest rate, right? I'm okay with that because it's in my budget or it's in my plan and I can utilize it to the best of my ability. But it's when we get off that track and again, we let the money work us, that's when we get into trouble. Because we're so focused on that dollar and saying, I got to have it, I got to have it. Or that product, I got to have it, I got to have it. Okay, The behavioral mindset of individuals that have bad money habits is like a person that's obese. A person that's obese eats because they see it. Just like a person with bad spending habits only buys something because they see it. You got to tie it together. Paul, I feel like you got something to say here. I got you. So like he, he, he touched on a lot of the points there. And like the biggest piece is the mindset, right? Um, so in our first answer, we talked about access, right? If you give someone with bad habits access, it's going to create more problems. Um, so in that sense, if you already have bad debt management and someone gives you access to more debt, i.e. more leverage, you're going to get in worse situations, right? Um, so this is all that it is. It's about being able to have a consumer mindset of discipline around the way that you apply. Like he said, making your dollars work for you, right? In the right spaces. And it doesn't even have to always have a rigid plan. It just has to make sense for you for what you know that you can tolerate. And it's about, um, wellness, right? So wellness in this sense is I know my limit, right? So everyone's limit is different. In this example, I'll use like alcohol. Some people may have can take two drinks. Some people can take six. Some people can take half a sip of a shot. And that's my limit. It's about personally knowing where your limit is, what you can handle, especially as it pertains to your cash flow. Right. So when we think about that, one of the biggest things with debt is inflow and outflow, outflow to service your debt inflow versus the money you got coming in. And you use buy now, pay later because your inflow isn't matching with your outflow that you need to sustain your life, right? So a credit card is really no difference than buy now, pay later, like my man, uh, Dr. McCray said, right? In certain instances. Um, and sometimes this may be more advantageous because of the interest delta that you may be able to get positively for yourself. But it's all about, can you manage that? And when you don't manage that, you now accumulate debt. And this debt can become collections, which then affects your credit score, which then will create a space where you have to pay more in terms of interest for the other things that you want to do, especially large asset purchases. We talk about buying a home, right? Which is the fastest way to build wealth, especially in historically marginalized communities. So what I, I tell my, my, my friends all the time, you don't want to risk the big fish chasing the small fish. So we're looking for these things that help us get instant gratification and validation, which, of course, I'm, I'm doing this on purpose in front of my little small sneaker collection I started this year to let you know, like, hey, I do it, too. Right. There's small things that I like to get for myself that are not maybe the best financial, but it helps me with my life plan. And it's OK, but it's about balance. And when you find out that balance and you have a balance that's between your outflows and your inflows and you're in harmony. All of these things can can be done within reason, but you have to find out what that balance is for you. And you got experts like the Dr. McCrae's. And of course, you know, our favorite podcast, Dapper Dollar is always dropping gems on how you can navigate your situations.
I really do appreciate that. And so there, there's something you said, instant gratification. I know when we're sort of researching this episode, one thing we, we did see, there's a, a sort of a lot of psychology behind buy now, pay later, where they play into the whole fear of missing out. Like, for example, the uh, Jays are out. You, you can't afford that now. Why don't you pay instrumentally till you pay off the Jays? So that they play towards that whole formal approach. And so I'd pose this question to you, Dr. McCray, in terms of how to manage that risk, how would you advise listeners who are thinking like, how do I actually mitigate or manage the challenge at the risk of actually falling into that buy now and pay later trap? No, George, I think that's a great question. And honestly, it's one that each individual person has to answer for themselves, right? So when it comes to managing risk and finding the right ways to manage the risk, is first we got to go back to the basics, right? We got to go back to wants versus needs. Is it a need? Is it a necessity, right? Are Jordans a necessity? Some people may feel for them it is, okay? So would you rather have your lights cut off or do you want J's on your feet? Truly breaking down how I can make that make sense for me. Does it make sense for you to buy those J's? Well, maybe if it's a if it's a want, right? But how can you utilize that want in the future? Well, if you keep them nice and clean like my guy Paul here, you can resell them for value in the future. So, hey, we got a trade off here, right? But when it when it all comes down to it at the end of the day, right, the the potential risk that we look at with buy now, pay later is the fact that you could over leverage, you could have too much, you can start to go into default, right? You could start to have overdraft fees, okay? You could start to run out of money, you could start to put too much on yourself, and what are you going to have to show for it? So when we think about the challenges, well, that's where we are. Do you really want to risk having your water cut off, having no lights? having to scrap for food, having to go back to the oodles and noodles days, right? Do we really want to take it back that far for, you know, a pair of J's, a Louis Vuitton bag, you know, whatever it may be, if it's not really going to take us to that, that next level. So that's how I look at managing risk, just taking it back to the basics. Go back to, if we have to list it out, here's all my bills that I know that I have to pay. Here's all the money that I got coming in. If that's already a negative, why am I doing a buy now, pay later? What's the point in that? Or do you care to share a uh, perspective as well? I'll add a little bit to that. Like a lot of times the answer is we juggling those wants and needs, like you said, but again, it's finding that harmony to do both, right? Um, And you're accelerating the reward. When we talked about instant gratification, you're delaying the responsibility. The responsibility is still going to come due, right? Um. So you have to look at it in terms of just because I pushed it off doesn't mean that I'm not going to have to address it, right? If you could barely afford it now, what's going to change in two weeks? What's going to change in two weeks from those two weeks? What's going to change in six weeks from now, right? You have to be able to have a strategy. Even if you're buying yourself time, what are you using that time to do, right? And that's that's really the, the trap of this. A lot of people are just delaying it. And say, oh, I'll figure that out next week when I get paid or two weeks from now when I get paid or our famous when I get my taxes, I'm going to do this or do that. Right. Um, and, and I promise you, no one does it once they get their taxes. Right. So it's really about if you need the time, take the time, but be smart and then develop the plan. If you don't have a plan going into it, at least now you have two weeks to figure out a plan. Do I need to cut other expenses so that way I can afford this and then make this sacrifice for the, this payment term? Or do I need to increase my inflow? There's only really two solutions. 
is either decrease things to increase cash flow or increase your cash flow by making uh, making more money. Um, we make it more complicated than what it is. And it's as simple as that. It's the money has to come from somewhere and it's not going to disappear. So that bill is going to be there. That negative impact is going to be there. You have to own up to the responsibility, especially if you're taking a reward, right? So this is really this is a really good, good conversation. And so kind of speaking, you know, still on that lane of risk versus reward uh, in terms of um, interest rates and repayment terms, uh, such as with like, you know, BNPL. In looking at a consumer's perspective, um, what would you say they should be aware of? If, if it's something you've experienced personally or friends, family, clients have actually experienced that, like before they pick up that buy now, pay later option. Paul, you want to take this first? Sure, I got you, brother. Um, thank, thank you for giving me giving me the first at bat. So uh, I would say with this is what I mentioned earlier, right? It's the shadow interest. Like look at the payments. If it's four payments of X, multiply it by four. See if it's actually greater than the cost of the product. If it is, then you know that you have essentially been charged more for the convenience. Now you have to decide, is this still the right avenue for me? If it's, if it is, then please proceed, but always let the math guide you. So just be educated and know, one, is this what I'm comfortable paying for this product for? The second piece is, again, can't emphasize this enough. Do I have a plan to pay this back? And is my plan based on logic or is my plan based on hope and aspiration, right? Um, and the third thing is, is the product that I'm buying, is this actually going to give me the utility of which I am seeking to get it for, right? If so, how long, right? So the, the, that piece is important because like you mentioned, like I like sneakers, but if I get tired of these things, if I keep them clean, I could resell them. I did the same thing growing up as a kid. I love video games. After a certain point, I beat all the levels. I don't need to play this game. I'm going to GameStop. I could trade this in, get some value, may not get a whole lot of value. We all know how GameStop gets down. But this allows you to recuperate some of your funds. So now you can roll that into another transaction if you would like to. So you're minimizing the amount of outflow that you have overall. And it's really about understanding what you are doing and why you are doing it. And as long as you can make sense to you and your plan and especially your loved ones, because these situations, when it comes to impulsive buying behavior, are a lot of the root of financial problems that exist in relationships that we know one of the number one reasons for relationships to fracture and splinter is finance. And a lot of it stems from online shopping and especially a lot of these habits from buy now, pay later. So do yourselves a favor, right? Save your emotional stress, make it so you're not having financial stress, understand the why behind your decisions and the what you're, you're doing it for, right? Dr. McRae, do you care to share perspective as well? Absolutely. No, I think that was absolutely beautiful. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to realizing the reason why you purchase something, Okay, I, I want you. I want you to sit there and marinate on that. Everybody that's listening to this amazing, amazing podcast by Dapper Dollars, take into the take into consideration the reasoning why you're making this purchase. Is it for you, or is it for someone else? Meaning, is it because you want to portray this outwardly look to society, or is it for yourself? Right. That for me is worth more than anything else. Because I'm the first one to step back. Look, I got this raggedy chair with these, you know, cracks and crevices in it. 
But I'm okay with that. I don't mind showing the world that because do I have a money? Do I have the money to buy a new chair? Georgia, hey, they know. Like, it's okay. I can go out and get a chair, but it's nothing, right? But is it necessary for me to do so to portray this image that I don't outwardly need to, right? So when you think about the things that you buy, that is also an interest factor. When I talk about money, I talk about it from a behavioral standpoint a lot of the times or from a societal standpoint because we spend money because we want to be seen as a certain way. Right. Because we want to portray a floss or whatever it may be. Right. We want to shine this light and let people see who we are. I put up an Instagram post one time when I had a guy riding around in the car throwing up some money. George laughing because he knew what I'm talking about. Throwing up some money. Right. But really, he counting quarters at home. It's not a slap in the face for anybody. It's just don't allow Instagram or social media or society affect your reality. Okay, because that's an interest that you can't pay. Paul said it right. Yes. Look at the numbers. Maybe even go a step further, right? Let's say you calculated it to four. Go Google and see if you can find it on another site for a better price. At that point, save up for it. Is it in my discretionary budget? Is it in my bucket and my personal spending plan of stuff that I say, you know what? I could just go out here and get it. I don't even need to do the buy now, pay later. But if you have to make a specific section in your personal spending plan or your budget or whatever, that is specifically for the buy now, pay later opportunities. And just flat out know and say, hey, you know what? I have an extra $100 a month that I say, you know what? It's going to go towards that. So that lets you know that's $50 every two weeks, $100 a month, $50 every two weeks if you do the two-week option, right? Now, it's four payments. So that means you got to stay within that line. The moment you cross that line is the moment you get yourself in trouble. Is the moment that you continue to say, oh, you know what? <clears throat> now I can't afford that payment. So let me go over here and do this. Oh, man, I got to cut back on that. So let me go over here and do this. Right. I think buy now, pay later is probably one of the greatest hustles since payday loans. I'm going to be real with you. Payday loans got us really bad. Like I was one of them. They got me bad. Like I was going to payday loan. I was going to have two, three, four at a time. You know, we couldn't do it, but we did it anyway. I had two, three, four at a time. But that's the same mindset that we go to with buy now, pay later. We go and get two, three, four, five items at a time. And then it ends up getting us in trouble. So very great point, Paul. Thank you for bringing that up. Now, and I appreciate you sharing that vulnerability about like the payday loans, right? And I'll share some vulnerability on the buy now, pay later. I mentioned rent set up plenty of times because growing up, you know, my aunts would buy furniture for the crib. So couches, TVs and everything. Then there'll be people that come knocking on the door. Who's that? Don't answer that door. Why can't you answer the door? I answer the door all the time. It's rent center coming back to get the couch. Or coming back to the TV because they fell behind on the payments. So that's the hidden piece behind it, right? Like, yeah, it may not show up on a credit report, but like you can lose the asset that you've been paying on. They'll come directly for the asset, right? And then they may put you in collections of the different things. So it hits you twice. That psychological piece, that losing the gratification that you gain, right? And then it... It's almost embarrassing. Like you talk about the social media piece. Imagine you flossing and then someone go home and say, yeah, but look at his quarters, though. Right. Um, So you can only flex. But so long before before it catches up to you, like he said, is an interest that you can't afford to pay. And he said it so brilliantly. And I just want to share that story, man. It's a, a funny thing to say, but like, it's true. And it's a reality for a lot of people. So my family's been there before and now we here. So we just sharing this with you guys. So y'all don't have to go through it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people realize it might sound, seem like a a small 
expense in the short term, but it adds up and it just, you just got to realize there's no free lunch at the end of the day, you know? Um, hey, but I got a question. So let's just say there's somebody that listening to this, they admit it that they have a bad spending problem. You know, they want to flex because they want to impress their friends or they just enjoy having these luxurious items or some things that they can't afford. What sort of habits would you recommend on cutting back or what kind of mindset change would you advise them on to make those adjustments towards a better personal finance future? I'll give it to the doctor on this one. Listen, hey, you give it to the doctor. Listen here, seek help. Seek help. Okay. H E L P. Go get it right now, today. No, seriously, there's nothing wrong with having an accountability partner. Okay. Whether that's a best friend, whether that's a spouse, uh, mother, father, aunt, uncle, call Paul, George, call A, A, B. Like, listen, I need help, right? Utilize the people that are around you that can support you. Now, I say that, and I'm going to say this in the same breath. If it's people around you that's taking you down, I need you to find another group of people to be around. Okay. You got to separate the elevate. Don't play with me. Stay with me. Okay. I'm here for you. It's okay. If if you are the wealthiest person in your circle, I need you to find another circle to get with. Okay? If you can't learn from the individuals that are around you, get other people around you and then help bring the people that were with you up with you. Okay? There's nothing wrong with seeking help. So, yes, please go get help, whether that's from a financial coach, financial advisor, uh, wealth manager, from self-help books, Listen to Dapper Dollars. They, they have plenty of content and resources available to you from, from many individuals and the hosts that they've had on. Use your resources collectively. I tell people all the time, yes, I'm a black, educated wealth builder, but it took me a while to get here. I was just telling George and AB before we got started, like, listen, I filed bankruptcy at 25 and I have no problem telling people, like, let my mistakes be your successes. OK, let me be the catalyst that helps you get to the next level. Because you see somebody that looks like you or that was like you at one point in your life, but was able to, 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 to flip the switch, right? To turn it on his head and, and, and move to the other side. So please go get help. Make sure that you uh, utilize a personal spending plan. Um, and, and when we give contact later, later, you know, you can you can reach out to me. More than happy to give that to anybody free of charge. I don't have a problem with that because I want us all to come up, right? Um, use financial apps like Ostrich or Rocket Money to help you keep track of your finances, right? Utilize these opportunities to help push you to the next level. But the number one thing that you can do is educate yourself. I love that. I love that. What I would add to that is be vulnerable. You cannot hear what you don't reveal. A lot of these things are psychological responses that we utilize money. Again, money is just a tool, not uh, to help fill those voids or needs for what we really want. Right. Whether we using it the right way or using it the wrong way, or I would say if we're optimally using it or we're suboptimally using this tool, um, this depends on a lot of these psychological factors. So have those conversations with yourself to understand where you at. What do you really want? What do you really need? And that will help you align with your priorities to tag on to the advice that Dr. McCray said, then go seek help. Right. Because I can't help you if you don't know where you want to go. So that's that's the real piece that ties it all together, right? It's And it's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Or I don't know why I do these things. Spend some time and unpack that. So then you'll understand your philosophy with money. And once you have a North Star and you have an endpoint and you have goals and objectives in mind, everything else becomes easy because you can clearly identify with your goal. And it's and it 
it starts to make the problem less and less of a compounded factor because a lot of people are lost in this journey. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get what I want. I don't know how to balance it. I don't know how to manage the expectations. I don't even know what makes me happy, right? And they say money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you a lot of things. And that's why I say it's a tool because it can buy you great things that can help put you in a position to find more happiness, or it can buy you great things, which puts you in a position that moves you further away from happiness, right? It's a double-edged sword and it works whatever way that you want it to work. And you have to take responsibility in the way that you use the tool because you wanted it to work a certain way. You just didn't want those expected outcomes. And you have to really do that self-work to know how you want it to work for you. Yeah, really, really, really awesome. I really do appreciate that. I mean, it, I think it kind of just speaks to when we started to form this platform. Like, you know, again, we had the fortune to just due to our backgrounds and experiences to have to our built the discipline around money and how we see it and how, like you said, letting it work for us. Uh, but a lot of people haven't had that experience, like you said, to actually dig in and think about what is my North Star? How do I see money, use money, perceive money as well? So I really do appreciate the both of you kind of just throwing that in. Just that, that was just brilliant. Um, I know we're almost at the end. I just want to also ask, I know, Paul, you have just got engaged. <laughs> Congratulations. So if both of you can just share like, hey, what are you both up to at this point? Man, you, you you let one of the biggest things out of the bag, right? I just got engaged. So I'm I'm in my financial wellness journey where I'm combining philosophies with another human being who's lived, you know, almost 30 years, not thinking the way I think exactly. Um, and a part of that is coming together to formulate a plan. So we're literally saying, what do you want your life to look like 10 years from now, five years from now, two years from now, one year from now, six months from now? And the beauty of it is we're aligned 90% and it's 10% that she's exposing me to a different way of thinking, 10% I'm exposing myself to a different way of thinking and vice versa. And we're being able to come together. So I'm in the same boat as you guys. I might be on a bigger boat on calmer seas, right? Because I've been through troubled waters on smaller boats or sometimes not on a boat itself, right? Um, and and it's just to say like, hey, I'm, I'm right where you guys are at. In terms of having those conversations, leaning in, being able to express my needs, my wants, my goals and my desires and using money as a way to create happiness um, for not only myself, but now my future wife. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> Dr. McRae, uh, feel free to add on. Nah, I mean, how can you follow that, man? When you when you got somebody that's in harmony with you, um, that's big. Uh, I think for me, you know, being married for the last 12, going on 13 years now uh, and getting married so young, but being able to find a partner that allows me to make mistakes and grow and us to learn together is important. So, Paul, I commend you on this next journey, brother. But for me, we're in the process of closing here on an accounting firm. We're going to buy an accounting firm that's going to help people that look like us, that want to be like us, that want to understand our dollars, helping local businesses grow and flourish in that environment. And then, of course, that's going to tie in with giving free financial courses to the community, which for me is, is a give back that I've always wanted to do. I'm already teaching the youth, 
but being able to give back to people in our community that can go out and teach their kids on their own as well. Because there's just one me, but there's plenty of us out there that want to continue to push this financial agenda and push this message. And I'm not just talking about financial literacy, right? I'm not just talking about generational wealth. I'm just talking about being better as a whole with our dollars and making sure that we're not working for the dollars, but the dollars are working for us. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And also, how can our listeners get connected with you all? I'll let you start, Dr. McCray, and we'll follow by Paul. Oh, man, y'all can find me at IG. It's at the underscore financial doctor. Again, it's the T-H-E underscore financial doctor. You can find me on Twitter at the financial doctor. Uh, Of course, you can always hit my website, creatingyourwealth.org. That's creatingyourwealth.org. Y'all reach out to me, tap in. More than happy to be a resource for you couple of ways you can reach out to me if you're looking for just personal career stories, advice, or you're just trying to figure out how to get to your next opportunity. I'm always happy to talk about the financial space as well as help open my network to people looking for opportunities. So you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, first name, Paul, last name, Adamson. Uh, there's only one chubby guy with a beard and a microphone. Uh, so I'm easy to find. Then um, for you know financial related advice and, and tips and things of that nature, I have a, a website and Instagram, same handle, 247K Investments. Um, just reach out to me, DM me, or um, sign up for a consultation and we'll be able to go from there, right? And the whole thing is this, right? I don't care if I sell you not one thing. My whole thing is to make sure that we're putting people who come from historically marginalized opportunities to be in a position where they can take advantage of opportunity, right? So just want to say thank you to to my man, AB, my man, George, and of course, um, Dr. McCray for allowing me to have this platform and um, just saying like, look, the, the world is ours. Let's go get it together. Could you please share one more time what was the meaning of 24-7K investments just because I found it so impactful. And if there's any new listeners coming into this episode, I want them to be educated. Yeah. So 247K is my solution to an article that I read. Uh, it's called the, the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston put out a study called The Color of Money. It was talking about the disparity between families of color and families not of color in the wealth gap. And it was 247,000 when I read that. And I said, I'm going to do something about it. So I literally created a company that directly is going to address the wealth gap through community and education, right? And I've been able to partner with different corporations to give away a lot of this stuff for free. I'm always here to help. And if I can't do it through my corporation, I'll do it through our volunteer lenses and bringing that into you know, the corporate space with the Black Employee Network. So my whole stance on that is being able to put the medicine in the candy, sprinkling financial concepts, helping to detangle the web of uh, our own mindsets to free us to be in a position where we can tackle that wealth gap, which is essentially valuing where we're at in our financial wellness journey, figure out things to be more healthy, and and then creating opportunities where we can come together as a collective and as a community to solve these things because wealth is a team sport and not one individual can win it, right? You need a team. Thanks for sharing that. And then finally, we want to thank our listeners who have supported us. Although we're based out of US, it's nice to see that we've reached a global presence. Just wanted to give a shout out to our international listeners out there who are from the UK, Ireland, Singapore, New Zealand, Ghana, Angola, and even India. So thank you so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. By the way, let us know in the comments below if you think BNPL is a smart way of financing or is it a credit trap? 
If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you leave us a review on where you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to share this episode on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at dapper.dollars on Instagram and TikTok. Now, if you want more gems like this, make sure you head over to our website, dapperdollars.com. Scroll down to our blog to access our show notes from this podcast. And last but not least, don't forget to look good, feel good, and do good. See you at the next episode. Bye, y'all.